The Clean Collective, empowering community through sustainability. No action is too small. The Clean Collective offers thanks and respect to the Cadigal people, traditional owners of the land upon which the following conversation was recorded. Welcome back to The Ripple Effect, episode two. Today I am talking with Jimmy Halfcut. Jimmy is a most interesting fellow who has been basically... A gangster activist, I suppose, is the best way I'd describe him, for a hell of a long time. And he's known as Jimmy Halfcut because he's got a luscious beard, except half of it is missing. Literally, from the middle of the man's nose, through the middle of his lips, down the middle of his chin, half his face is clean-shaven and the other half is full Ned Kelly. And the reason that Jimmy sports this absolutely outlandish facial hair is to represent the fact that half of the world's rainforests are missing and the fact that it only costs $2.50 to save a whole acre of rainforest. Jimmy sums up the situation about the planet really succinctly in saying that 91% of deforestation is due to animal agriculture. So quite simply, we're eating ourselves to death. So I really enjoyed our chat because I got to pick the brains of a really seasoned campaigner. The man is experienced. He is knowledgeable. He's funny. He was a joy to talk to. Please enjoy this episode with Jimmy Halfcut. And don't think you can't get involved yourself. Go to halfcut.org and register. Do it. It's not too late and the planet is worth it. Anyway, enjoy Jimmy. He's a bloody legend. My grandfather was a farmer, started happy grain farming. There's a practice called Happy Green Farming, go figure, you know. Yeah. And uh, he used to build natives within his uh, corridors. Okay. To, to address salinity levels and provide shelter for the, the, for the livestock. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I only recently found this out, like, last year. He's in the Powerhouse Museum, Powerhouse Museum for Excellencies for his practices. Really? There's clearly a gene here. Yeah, 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 it's of, in the know, blood. Totally. And then, gosh, don't, I won't even get you started on my mum. You know, just the energy and the passion that's where the activism okay really cr- cracked off but um yeah so that's why i went off and did uh, ag science uh but quickly you know changed my direction with that to focus pretty much on you know hydroponics mm-hmm. practices mm-hmm. and uh beekeeping okay you know, pollination biodiversity sustainability yeah the whole the scariest bottleneck known to mankind <laughs> as far as the bee crisis oh you know it's I mean, what was it? A million species looking to be extinct. Yeah. In what? It could be tomorrow, it could be five years, it's it could just, be the 11. Yeah. It's so scary to think about that amount of leverage on one insignificant seeming species that you don't give much credit to other than how much it sweetens your tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, t- I mean, mate, I just always, like, I think the one thing being, like, as a school teacher at that time was just people really not understanding the, the, the micro level of it all, you know? Yeah. And just how much it matters to understand these basic pollinators and their role, and not just on bees, like, you know, the mammals and their habitat, and just even the food, like, they're, they're starving. Yeah. Let alone the crap we spray on crops, on monoculture and stuff, like... So know. maybe you can, um, okay, so maybe you can clarify something for me that I've been con- confused about. I mm. heard that it was, like, cellular signals are really disruptive to bees... Uh, radar sort of ability to triangulate their position and all that is that uh, is that look, right from a documentary i watched was the disappearing uh, vanishing of the bees sorry vanishing of the bees they basically ruled that out 
They ruled it out. They said, nonsense. I'm glad I checked with you. I knew you'd be the man yeah. that asked. Because I was working in Chatswood yeah. once and uh, in the station, there's a really high ceiling right above the rail tracks. Yeah. And there was this cluster of bees. There must have been swarm a few, yes, yeah, so yeah. a real swarm. It was a few thousand of them. Great. And well, definitely great, but also like, what are they doing here? What are you, what are you, where's the, what are you trying to pollinate up there? Like what, yeah. there's obviously some computational Look, thing going wrong for them. It's usually most of the time it comes down to a scout finding yeah watch out the mosquitoes are lethal Mate, here yeah vicious <laughs> how vicious it comes down to finding you know a, a good you know uh you know insulate place yeah where they don't have to work as hard okay so if they can find somewhere where it's got good insulation so if hey. it's bricks and whatnot yeah they don't have to work as hard or yeah, absorb yeah. most of the food so a lot of them they do go for the eaves in buildings and whatnot um and then again you know being chatswood I mean, look, they got the Lane Cove National Park, but... I was thinking that must be a, a hotspot of cellular activity. Yeah, Just from, right. like, you can bloody see the 100%. thing as a CBD on the horizon, that it, as far as the density of Wi-Fi signals going on, yep. that it must be about top shelf out there. Totally. But, obviously, I was wrong about Hey, that. well, look, you know, it's it, as the science increases, they might actually find there is something that is paying a catastrophic event, just like the sonar with whales. Right, exactly. You know, um, Safe to say it's not helping them. Yeah, not well, doing them any good. No, well, yeah, that's it. We can I mean, assume that probably pretty safely. Totally, and uh, yeah, I think Jesus, we know the greatest threat. And it's funny, like, well, not funny. I think you know that's why urban beekeeping is actually doing quite well. Yeah, because people aren't necessarily out spraying or you know their backyards anymore because they're not in them. Yeah, they're indoors now, yep. or they don't have backyards. You yeah, know, it's all as a species we're literally living more and more on high rises and yeah 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 but i think the best thing people can do because it's this idea this fantasy that oh beekeeping's an easy gig doesn't sound easy no but I don't know there's a lot fantasy. of work to do it and to do it properly and right yeah there's a bit of work yeah but um don't i mean saying that frick get amongst it yeah don't not have a crack it's so it's so rewarding and it's magnificent and but um the best thing people can probably do is plant natives and food for bees in their backyard yeah that's the best thing they can do yeah yeah and then find like i mean for instance with me with the the bees of beecroft um i love having working bees oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i get people you know come get out there and yeah, yeah cool. because and then then hopefully the my i mean the vision is it is and i can go oh great i'm going to go away for six months or whatever come you can come them. and manage it you yep. can come and look at it without starting your whole new beehives yep 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 and running the risk of varroa mite and american fowl brood and beetle bug and all the other stuff yeah it's like no how this is our community hives you know we work on this together yeah yeah um how often are you doing this Look, I, oh well, geez, to give you an idea, we probably took about 320 kilo of honey from 10 highs. Wow. And that's the low spectrum. That's the low end. Like, that's making sure leaving them a lot of food. How, after how long? Oh, look, that's, that would have, that was a year. A year. So two, you know, actually, oh, geez. I lose count now. I think I did three harvests. Wow. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty a healthy good. yield. Oh, yeah. totally. Well, yeah, yeah. How's it tasting? Beautiful, man. <laughs> Smooth as silk. It's good. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, um, for me, it's almost like, how do we bring people back to community again? Mm. Because mm. I just feel so detached. Yeah. It's like the net, net, Netflix generation. Yeah. Come home, disengage, binge, switch off, go and, you know, you know literally eat, eat crap, watch crap sleep crap Have crap sleep yep get on and repeat <laughs> yeah then wonder why you're upset wonder why your social relationships are malfunctioning yep wonder why you got a beer belly and you know that's it no drive in life that's it it's all pretty interconnected i think yeah and i just i guess you know and 
look, you know, it doesn't have to be beekeeping. It can be getting in, planting stuff again, veggies, yeah. and food, and you know, but it's something that you just know, just engaging, eh? Just like getting dirty, getting yep. stuck into something. Yep. I've been reading um, Nat Isaac's book, mm. and she put that connection in there really clearly for me, which is something I'd been wrestling with, and she articulated really simply, which is we need to fall back in love with the earth because mm. you fight for what you love, mm. and mm. we've got a huge fight to ahead of us now we're playing the biggest game of chess of our life yeah and yeah i think you know we can't afford to be checkmate yeah exactly we get checkmate we're done yeah and no, i mean for me that's just no rematch like you know feel, i mean look in a way like i almost feel you know and this is just personally how i feel it might be a bit of a bummer on it but look you know like it's forget what we're doing as a species it's the animals that have never had a say mm. in our slaughter mm. in our destruction what i just kind of feel this whole idea of oh yeah but we're the the, you know the pyramid where the, where the most intelligent where really I can't yeah. go nah yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. how can we be an intelligent species for what we're doing you know at a you know environmental level a social level mm. um, it's uh, and look you know even a mental health level well, you know it's it's um, it's an epidemic scary yeah big time scary yeah so Far out, sorry, man. We're just no away. okay no not at all that's good I, I've got some um I've I've got to admit I've got some I guess logistical questions about your beard or the half beard that I'm looking at. Totally, mate. So tell me, first question, did you grow it from a clean face, just grow half and keep one half, or did you grow a big luscious beard like half of your face is and then just shave, shave it all at once? Totally. So um, I actually mucked around with it okay. over about a three-year period. So the first time was a big Ned Kelly one. You're holding your hand by your belly button. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, That's it was, massive. It, mate, it was huge. Yeah, check the Instagram. It's the first one. It's like, dude. I, okay. Know, it looked like Gimli. Yeah, yeah. Epic. Uh, that was the nickname for a bit as well. But uh, it was big, and but unfortunately, we went, you know, vertically. So I removed it vertically, going up. Okay. So sure, it was before and after, but all of a sudden, it looked like a bit of a, you know, a wild man from Borneo. You're just slightly less of a wild. So then man a hippie. Now. Yeah, I get uh, you. Know, a hipster, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hippie hipster. And, um, same thing, right? Same thing, yeah. And then, look, it, it's, it sort of did the effect, but then uh, then the next one, um, that's when I went, right, I uh, grew it out again mm -hmm. over our first campaign, which was called Beards On. Yep. So just to give a bit of history, we were growing beards to plant trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got 45,000 trees up in the Dane Tree from those campaigns. Wow. Yeah, magnificent. Well yep. So, uh, and that was $2.50 protected, uh, uh, planted a tree. Yeah. And then um, the half cut came about when I was like, you know what, you know, it's great we're doing this, but, um, you know, half the world's forests are gone. Mm. You know, more than half the world's tropical rainforests are gone. Mm. Um, you know, in Australia alone, in just over 200 years of invasion, we've reduced the flora and fauna in Australia by 50%. Yeah. So for me, it was really like, all right, this sing, this is me. This sings home to me. Yeah. It's half, half's gone. Yeah. Everything's half. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's when August 31st, 2018, I went, right, I'm doing this campaign for a year to start these many conversations which just never bloody end. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I bet. <laughs> I have my moments where I'm just like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, do you find yourself saying the same thing over and over? Have you got... Yeah, it's... um. It must be hard to have an organic conversation every time when it's just the same, like, totally. same gawking person, like, what's the, what's the story? Absolutely. And look, it ranges from, 
people being just absolutely gobsmacked like oh my god did you, did you see that man with half a beard yeah, yeah. And, and look at the other it's all ages like i get young kids man with half a beard <laughs> lose a bet mate you know, <laughs> if i got two, if i got two dollars fifty yeah, yeah for every yeah. time someone said that we would have raised <laughs> yeah but um i mean look I, well, I mean look it's a disruptor it's great and it's, that's the whole point of it yeah 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 you know it's to disrupt people in their daily lives to go what the heck is that Yep. And those who are game enough to go, mate, what's going on? Like, you know, there's clearly something going on, lose a bet or a charity. Or, yeah. <laughs> and that just allows me to then go, yeah, well, look, this is, you know, uh, a serious issue we ha currently have. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, uh, are trying to empower people to take action and have a tangible outcome by donating $2.50, half a coffee. Yeah. $2.50 to protect an acre of rainforest for life. Yeah. You know, we're talking per acre, you know, storing anywhere between, you know, uh, 185 uh, metric tons of carbon. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, and like, God knows how many undisclosed species oh, that we either haven't invented or, or haven't invented, haven't discovered yep. or are already endangered yep. or might hold massive benefits for humans. The medicines. Exactly. Medicines. <laughs> we apparently... Uh, uh, according to the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, we've only harnessed the potential of 1% of our tropical rainforests for mm. medicine. Mm. 1%. So when people were talking about the cancers and the dementias and mental health and all the other issues are yet to be accounted for, we've come from the rainforests. Yeah. You know, this is where it's all started. And yet the rate that we're destroying them right now uh, from a report in 2018 was we lost 3.6 million hectares the size of Belgium. Wow. You know, like, yeah. that's pristine remnant rainforest, Dense. tropical rainforest. Yeah. And the culprits, palm oil, chocolate, coffee. soybean, coffee, uh, and obviously animal agriculture, cattle ranches. Yeah. So, and that, this is the shocking thing. We, we're eating our planet to death. Yeah. And to think that 50% of all the food we produce ends up in a bin, ends up in a landfill, just to produce more methane. For me, that, I mean, I, you know, oh, yeah, you, you it infuriates me. It's just like, you know, really? It gets your blood boiling. Oh, well, know. it's just, it's, you know, as I said, we are playing chess right now and we're in a bit of a stalemate. And if we don't start to go, right, let's really get on with protecting our last remaining rainforests, tropical rainforests, um, you know, that, we, we, we are not going to beat this climate crisis. Yeah. I mean, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the United Nations, do not lightly joke. Well, it's not even a joke. They don't factually write down it's 11, less than 11 years now yep. until it's irreversible, catastrophic, runaway climate change. Chaos. Yeah. You know, um, but the hope, you know, when you see the UK stepping up and uh, raising a climate emergency right now. Yeah. The first country to say we are in a climate emergency. You know, we will be holding countries like the, the US, Donald Trump, accountable to the Paris Climate Agreement. Yeah. Um, that, man, this is where I get really scared is, is accountability. Because currently, like our statistics in Australia, 
we're so lucky with how few people we have here relative to the landmass. So mm. as an aggregate, we don't look too offensive. We mm. don't look like a really environmentally offensive country. Mm. Divide that number by per capita, and we are far and away the most offensive country number in the one. developed world. Number one, yeah. like by such a massive margin. Yeah. I think we're like in the world, not only of developed and developing countries, of the world, I think we're only outranked by United Arab Emirates and Kuwait. Yes. Like places like that have like Huge entirely different civilizations <laughs> and civil wars and like so many like crazy differences of life to us. Yeah. And so accountability just like is the scariest thing for when you and I are, are the, and it's our demographic that's sitting in the House of Representatives trying to explain mm. to the rest of the world or the UN for that matter, like mm. what Australia was doing mm. and what are we doing right now? We, we continue to you know, open, open up, up coal mines, all our coal mines well, and shut down our borders to climate refugees. And it's like, who do you think the world's going to turn to when there's already 25 million climate refugees, which is our population, mm -hmm. that's going to be at least tripled in the next 25 it's years. It's on the climate wars. Yeah. And so like, mm -hmm. we've got a massive amount of space and really strict border control and we're busy mm -hmm. pumping the most carbon into the atmosphere of anyone. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. we're not going to have a leg to stand on when we have to explain ourselves in the future. Yep. And it's... I mean, we are talking right now about you know, the federal election, which is next Saturday, and this is the climate election. It is. And even most Australians have actually put as number one issue the climate. So maybe you can give me some advice then, because right now, as, a, as just broad, very broadly speaking, mm. if you entirely allocate climate change as your whole priority, mm. you'd vote Greens. If you vote Greens, you undermine Labor's chance at uprooting Liberals' power in the House of Reps. So mm. is that worthy? Is, do you then vote for Labor just even though they have, you know, less beneficial climate policy than mm. Greens, mm. just to make sure that the Liberal Party, our Prime Minister who brings lumps of coal into Parliament, loses his Good job? It's like... <laughs> Look, I think it's... Um my personal opinion on this is, again, people need to just look at the policies and what they're voting for. Uh, you know, uh, we should be the clean green destination for the planet. Totally. So on that spectrum, yes, for people to carry on and say the Greens couldn't handle an economy. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure if we were empowering all, you know, a, a, a just transition, which should have started two decades ago, instead of allowing further of coal mining industries and coal seam gas industries to dig their molars in deeper mm. due to fairly horrendous policy looking after an elitist group yep. that again engage with all the you know the donations state significant developments <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it you know it's so frustrating we're still talking about this we we know that this is the way forward yep. this isn't something we can just keep on doing we, you know, we're already over 442 parts per million of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, let alone the methane and the animal production. And, you know, uh, this whole idea of, oh, it's economy, it's economy. Well, you know, what happens when coal and other countries start saying, no, look, we're not taking coal anymore because it is obsolete. It could be eight years from now, it'll be eight years too late. But then what, what is Australian market built upon? We are a country built on coal, you know, and this idea of coal seam gas, um, you know, is, is shockingly terrifying. And, you know, and what I'll say that with in regards to Labor, well, you know, Labor are, are, are pro coal seam gas, mm. an industry that the Americans created, which is dumb, and even dumber we've brought it here to Australia. And we're looking at, you know, we've seen the impacts in Queensland. We're looking at 
the Northern Territory looking to be opened up to horrendous fracking it's and fracked and, and it's totally fracked up. <laughs> yeah, know? but I mean, look, I, I guess where we, I, you know, there's a lot of young kids now, obviously, with the wonderful Greta Thunbergs of the world and who've created the climate strike actions and. You know, the likes of David Attenborough stepping up to the plate and actually sort of saying, yeah, look, enough is a freaking enough. This yeah. is climate chaos. Yeah. Human beings, we, we are the issue. And, I mean, he turned vegan, <laughs> you know, at 94, took him, took his time. Yeah. But, you know, and look, I think this is what it then comes down to is, you know, people need to, they're going to have to change anyway. They're going to have to change their, you know, uh, their ways if they like it or not. Yeah. But why not be part of the side where, okay, hey, we're not completely in, you know, extreme heat waves and cooking and roasting or extreme, like New South Wales in a 99% drought and has been for three years. Yep. Desalination plant pumping away. <laughs> I don't know what restrictions yet. Have they, have they even got it turned on? It's on, but it's there's on no the water outside. restrictions. Like we turn on our desalination plant before we impose water restrictions. Yep. So yeah. other people can keep hosing their driveways down. Well, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and or allowing unlimited, you know, irrigation licenses to the likes of Adani. Hmm. You know, it, this is where, you know, in a way, it's the little, yeah, sure, we can all make our little bit, but when we just sit by and go, oh, look, it's been part of our culture and mining and, you know, animal agriculture for that matter, um, you know, or the Murray-Darling theft of water mm. uh, and the ecosystem collapse there with the algae blooms and, you know. Um, so much disconnection from all that here in the city, though, hey. It's just easy to mm. keep it at arm's length when you don't have to live and breathe it. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, unless you want to drag people out there to go and see the impacts of it, to make the change is probably one way of doing it, to physically see this, but, um, you know, ignorance is bliss for some people. Big time. But it's, you know, they don't understand, like, this idea of, you know, well, strong economy, well, our our current economy, you know, uh, it's got no, it's got no choice but to collapse you know, if on the, on the way we're going right now. But there's there's such a clear avenue away from a collapse. Mm. Like, we've got, we're the biggest island in the world. Tidal power mm. uh, could be could power this whole country three times mm. over. We've got the Great Dividing Range, biggest mountain range with over thousand sides hydro. to use pumped hydro. Mm. I mean, we've just got renewable opportunities up the wazoo. And so, like, the avenue to avoid this collapse or avoid a recession or just economic failure is, is right there. Mm. I read a story the other day about cattle farmers who are you know it's really sad the whole country's in drought need to sell all my livestock this is all terrible Mm. and he's gone from a cattle farm to a solar farm and now he's providing electricity to his local community and he's earning more money than he did on a regular basis like he doesn't have to worry about how much rain's coming next season or you know sick stock or exactly all all that stuff and and look this is the thing these are you know they're people who are being adaptable Mm. we've got to be i mean look this is the thing like is this crisis continues people aren't going to afford meat you know they're going to be able to afford it it's going to be the elites or elitists will be able to you know you know be able to purchase it and um you know it's and look i guess look it's it's not rocket science they're basically all saying the solutions are if we reduce our meat intake to next to nothing reduce our air travel time Get on the bikes like we do, mm-hmm. fix it around and live a minimalist life. Face your own mortality on the road every day. <laughs> yeah. Be thankful every time you get to go to sleep at night. Absolutely. <laughs> Breathing in all that you know, carbon dioxide as well, yeah. filling up those lungs. Oh, isn't that know? horrible? Oh, it's a shock. Just like oh. me mouthful of diesel smoke from a Love truck it. downshifting in front of you. And just like, 
aside from having to evade the thing, you're just inhaling like yeah. thick, noxious, black exhaust. And look, I think that's the thing. I think it's almost like <laughs> that point. Go and breathe that in. That's what we're breathing. Like, that doesn't yeah, go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like we've got some filter. This we're, we're having the same water as the freaking dinosaurs had, yep. except just a lot more polluted. Yeah. And it's a finite you know, uh, resource that we then decide to go and just pollute. Yeah. With such inappropriate practices. And look, you know. Um, it's yeah uh, for me uh, and i just i just kind of don't get why we keep on either voting or supporting transnational corporations that engage in such vandalism you know and you know we just need people to be a lot stronger and step up and not be i oh, she'll be right yeah you know like the amount of people that actually say it to me with the half beer like i give them the pitch and i go come on mate now we've had a chat, go and donate. Save your own acre of rainforest. Yeah. And some of them, like most people are pretty good. Like, I mean, I met a lady today. She donated 150 bucks. Oh, nice. I met her at lunch. Nice. Just, you know, she was sitting and she goes, I've got to ask. So, look, I mean, that's where you get sort of hope. Um, but a lot of people that I do talk to about this, like they genuinely are really, really concerned, but then feel a level of empowerment. Yeah. Oh, sorry, like they don't feel empowered. And it's... Um, yeah, right. That's the issue, isn't it? It's just like looking people, left and right, seeing your neighbours not doing much. So yeah. you're thinking, oh, well, I guess uh, I'll keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's just instead of saying, look, well, you know, that wonderful saying, like, you know, if there's only ever a handful of people that ever, you know, took it on and decided to make change. Mm. And indeed, that's all it ever has been. I mean, that's not the exact quote. I know the one you're referring it's along, to. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. should know that I've said enough times. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, and I solely believe that, like, you know, again, uh, Greta Thunberg, classic example. You know, the incredible Extinction Rebellion in the UK where a thousand people stood up and got arrested. Oh, yep. Sorry, more, but a thousand people arrested. Just filled the streets. Perfect civil disobedience. They say, you're not doing your job. We pay you. you got to remember that. You know, you are currently you are failing. You are you're failing. Letting us down. Civil disobedience. So, yep. And, you know, I kind of feel, and people go, oh, that's so, it's like, well, when sea levels are rising, or you, you know, you, we're living the crisis. It's not like you're not not living it right now. Mm. It's um, yeah. It's I think I think. Look, let's just let's go to the positive side. We get through this. Yeah. Let's imagine we get renewables a, a, a now. Yep. Or tomorrow. Yep. Uh, people we've had and insane. That veganism has increased by seven hundred percent. Since when? Since two thousand and seventeen. In Australia or the world? Globally. Really, seven hundred percent in two years it's, it's or a year and a half. Yeah, there was a uh, wow. report that came out of um, um, oh, geez, what's the stock the stock markets in the in the US where since two thousand and eight there has never been such an increase in investment, and it was in a vegan company. Yeah, uh, I forget exactly what it is, but I, I can find it. But um, you know, look, it just shows there is a trend, and you know, you got other. You know, celebrities getting behind this movement. I mean, you've, I've, ne I've never seen so many people getting behind, you know, the environment and animals mm. and how you can make a difference, which is great. But at the same time, when we, if we don't have the political will, if the political will don't believe in the science, you know, are still invested with mates in oil, yeah. gas, yeah. logging, and a big animal agriculture, you know, it, that's where. You know, um, you know, groups like ourselves. I feel that's where we we step in as another sort of, you know, just to notch it up a little bit more to sort of help out. And um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's uh, proper crunch time, as we proper know. Proper crunch time. Proper crunch time. The positive that I look, the way I look at it in a positive way is it makes for me personally, like it makes decision making really simple. I don't have to think too hard about 
my behavior anymore. Mm. Like we've got this world now where there's so much choice constantly every day, so much information constantly every day. Mm. And you, you, you're in constant decision-making mode mm. and you get decision-making fatigue, which I think is why people switch off and feel disenfranchised because they've already got too much to think about. Going through the gamble book and... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But like <coughs> when you start to really really appreciate the urgency of the situation mm. and just go oh wow wow oh okay so mm. i literally never want to contribute to the wrong side of this cause ever again mm. unfortunately that's pretty inevitable you're going to get on a bus that's going to use some fossil fuels mm. you're going to buy some cotton that's been grown in organically but mm. whatever like yeah. you sort of make this thing that i'm not going to consciously contribute anymore mm. and then you don't have to think about stuff like mm. i could have driven my patrol here yeah. but like it's, it's just not option. an option it's yeah. like it just you sort of start removing choice for yourself and that's actually really liberating and it's a really beautiful sort of headspace to be in yeah i think there's a real marriage between climate change and mental health in a, like in mm. how liberating that can be absolutely and look i think you meet some genuinely incredible human beings yeah i mean i've never felt more connected like i've you know played rugby in sport my whole life i've never felt more connected in a movement than this movement right you know, yeah people you... who genuinely you know you, you, you know and it's just not so like you know, i've never seen someone go oh yeah where are you going for your holiday oh i'm going to ride tip i'm gonna go kick in you know a dumpster or something you know in a tip i said no they're always going to beautiful places and locations which they talk about and and look i funnily enough i, I guess i'm starting to say a bit now where people are going away on these you know overseas trips and again adding to a carbon footprint and all the rest of it and their locations are just you know layered with litter Mm. You know, if it's in the ocean, Philippines, the rivers, Bali, then, yeah. all these places that are just... And it just shows we're just yeah. choking the fucking planet yeah. to such an extent where you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And that's what, I've, what I... I'm finding that hard, that everywhere you go, it's the, like, you know, if you can't even get litter right, mm. you know, or even have sustainable setups here in Australia... Or it, any domestic recycling facilities at all that don't get shut down. Yeah, that you don't have to wait an hour in line to do the right thing. Yeah. It's even those very basic systems where it's outrageous. That we've gotten to this stage of the 21st century with all the technology, everything kicking on, and what we're doing, and we yet can't get that right here in Australia. And yet, you know, it's um, other people in the world are doing it just great. fine. Yeah, there's a town in Japan called Kamikatsu. I you saw that this place. Yeah, yeah, well, 44 different waste streams. That's <coughs> great. And the whole town's on board. And granted, they're a tiny little community of a couple mm. of thousand people, so it's a lot easier to get yeah. consensus and and collective behaviour. But yeah. I mean, 44 waste streams. Yeah. And and I bet you that's community again. Yeah, it's exactly. It's bringing people together. Yeah. Totally. Whereas I feel here in Australia, it's all about how far can we stretch people apart? Mm. How disconnected can we make? We're up against know. it, I suppose, with the size of the country. That, oh, well, and, actually, and, but and, no, and we're not. We're, we're all live together. <laughs> yeah, and the roof and burdocks. But like 80% of us live within 100 <coughs> kilometers on the East Coast or something like that. It's like we're pretty, pretty condensed. Mm. We've got a massive part of the country we pretend isn't there. Mm. So well, it shouldn't so be that hard. Yeah, second driest continent, and I mean, look, I, we are. Seri I mean, you know, if if only you could bet on how, uh, you know, it, well, I'm sure you probably could. Might even set it up, you know, bet on the next heat wave. Oh, TAB will have something there. Totally, yeah. you know, bet on the, the next, you know, temperature. Yep. For summer, what it's going to hit, and uh, you know, even bushfires and whatnot. And look, I think that's. Um, and look, you know, it's it's a global issue, like California in flames. Dude. You know, Arctic Circle in flames. Tassie was just recently in flames. And then Queensland flooding. And then Murray-Darling Basin collapsed. Like Tassie got spanked over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So much of Tasmania burned. Yeah. 
it's, it's just it's just and all so these sad. massive days of bushfire these really like horrible days in our history like black friday ash mm. wednesday all these days they're all like 44 to 46 degrees mm. we're not that far away from 50 degree days so like mm. what happens then when we've already got death tolls in the hundreds from days that are five yep. degrees cooler than the days that are not far away from us now yeah she'll be right she'll be right mate no, she'll be no right. worry no, i got the hose ready <laughs> should be sweet and look at this the things like we won't be playing sports yeah you know, all the things the whole aussie culture you know like things will just start to slowly you know and the shocking thing is it's not like oh shit this is a problem we got a drip too little too late Mm. And that's what is so frustrating about this, this whole idea of, you know, oh, we can turn this around. It's like tipping point. Could have already come and gone. But, you know, um, for me, if it's, I personally feel it's four to five years. Four to five years. To have fair income systems in place. Yeah. With whole political willpower behind it, people behind it, um, you know, and because, you know, that, that's, that's my personal feel to it. Because we can't afford to lose even another size of Belgium. I reckon TAB would be paying you good money for that. <laughs> that sounds pretty extreme. I reckon they'd be going off the IPCC data. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll give you 12 be years a, for a dollar. It'd be a great way to donate back into the calls of charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, beat them at their game. But, yeah, look, I mean, look, I guess with us, you know, um, you know, I'm, our call to action is, hey, you know, August 31st or, you know, from winter, get a bit furry. Yeah, you've got a great, you've got the grading, the makings of a great ecosystem there. I can do say. I? That's Absolutely. really, that's really generous compliment because totally. I don't feel confident in my business. Up I here. guarantee you, we when we link back up uh, end of August, August that you will have a whopper. You reckon? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so maybe 100%. you can help me then because I don't, I, I've never grown one out properly. Perfect. I've tried, but I feel like, I, I guess we all suffer from some form of dysmorphia when we look in the mirror sure, sure. but i look in the mirror and i see a guy who shouldn't have a beard it's <laughs> well, real mate, you're, you're a handsome bloke so but i mean look what i was saying make me blush now man <laughs> but I mean, my face my teeth <laughs> <laughs> but i mean look it's i guess uh i mean I get it all the time look yeah it's a challenge we're challenging you to challenge yourself get over yourself get over basically. yourself as well because it's the planet that is really point taken yeah. yep so take the challenge on okay uh go deep with it yep and uh, by the end of it, well, the, this is the flip side of it. People then do it, and then they then go, "Oh, but I don't want to get rid of it. I right. think it looks really good." Oh, so I like wait, it now. so you're imposing that on 31st of August, National Half Cut Day. Everyone's yep. cutting half their hair yeah, or that's, beard. That's the next psychological mix-up. Yeah. So you then, and then how long are you keeping the? the it's half totally for? individual. Look, look, we've had guys do it just for the day. They take yep. a photo and share it. Say, "Hey, campaign's done. Donate." Uh, we've had people do it for a month. We've had people do it for just the weekend. Yep. Um, for me, though, I decided to do it for a year. Yeah. Just to get people going. What's going on? All right, that's cool. I will join part. Um, and then we're. It's really. You're going to have a hard time, man. You're going to. You're going to either shave the whole thing or grow the rest of it out. And you're going to walk into a pub and look left and right, and you're like, anyone? Yeah. No. No that's one talks to me. There's no one again. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, it's sort of funny. It's um. Of of. Uh, I let out August thirty first. What my next strategy okay, is? Okay, you got a plan. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Totally. So, nice. Because it's just, um, well, the, the, this is a calling and it's a crisis. And, uh, it's a crisis that's not offshore, right? Mm. We, we, it's one of these things we can keep at arm's length because in, in the middle of Sydney, we don't see mm. dense rainforests being cut down. Mm. It's not just happening in Indonesia and Brazil and, and mm. places we hear about. It's happening in Queensland. And New South Wales. New South Wales as well? 300% increase in deforestation in 2018. Wow. We, so, and on that note, Australia, we are the only developed list in the top 10 for deforestation. Only only developed country. I mean, that is just, you know. I was outrageous. so horrified to, because um, they're doing a lot of it in, in 
There's 35 basins that drain into the uh, World Heritage Site containing the Great Barrier Reef, yep. which is where all the coal mining is happening, where a lot of the deforestation is happening mm. because they need a clear room. Mm. And I was so horrified to know not only are they doing it in these basins where all of that crap that's now going <coughs> to run off the surface into the Great Barrier Reef World mm. Heritage Area, but the way they actually do it with two massive tractors and a marine chain that's sort of the links of the chain are two meters high and they just string it between two tractors a kilometer wide and they just drive going. and it's just raising yep. just oh, no, oh it just makes me shiver just disgusting. even thinking about yeah. it and they, there's no checking of threatened endangered species it's uh you know, and look this is where i mean where where's the outrage i mean it's almost like deforestation sort of just become that oh yeah we know it's bad it's like my gosh you're talking about carbon sinks that are saving our ass right now yeah you know but i mean look even in that instance with you know, far north Queensland, the Daintree, where we purchase huge amounts of rainforest. You know, Gondwana, the yep. oldest rainforest on the planet, the Daintree. And it's, it's the top bridges are cooking. The top bridges of the oldest rainforest on the planet are now cooking with the heat. Wow. And you just kind of go far out and, you know, if it's not that in, you know, New By South Wales. By cooking, do you mean they're suffering from... Complete and utter heat, heat stroke. Yeah, right. And, like, just dying due to the heat. So, so that, that that's what the IPC is talking about as far as irreversible, catastrophic, is when what's left can't deal. Yeah, well, What's I mean, left isn't enough. It's just that, um, look, you know, when we have ice sheaths then breaking off or, you know, massive algae blooms in the ocean kicking in or the Great Barrier Reef completely dying, mm. um, again, all on our watch or, you know, um, yeah, you know, we've gotten to a point where the, the greenhouse gases are so potent that they decide to open up ancient methane holes in the Arctic or Antarctica. Now, this is then when you just kind of go, and then it'd just be like a poof. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the there's, permafrost there's, there's layer. There's your permanent Dutch oven. Because <laughs> that's the thing we've got to think about. We, yep, are, yep. we are under the blanket. Yeah. You know, this incredible ozone that's been protecting us for so long and the magnetic field since, you know, high radiation waves of solar flares coming in. Yeah. And yet the one thing that's protecting us is it's like, oh, let's keep on stuffing it up. Let's yeah, keep on, you know? yeah. It's like we've gone from being cozy as under a nice thick doona in the middle of winter. You've got a nice cold little nose, but you're feeling mm. toasty as. Mm. And then suddenly it's getting to spring and you're thinking, oh, fuck, doona's getting pretty hot. Mm. And then you get to summer and then suddenly the doona's an electric blanket and you're thinking, oh, God, like, get me out of here. But there's nowhere to go. I can't get out. Yeah. Can't get out. And look, it's... Uh, oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's... It's dangerous times, as they say. Yeah. More than ever before. And look, you know, it, uh, I just hope as a species we get our shit together fast enough um, because, you know, I don't like the other... I don't like that idea of a sixth mass extinction. Yeah. Well, what was the point then? Yeah. All the music, all the art, all the creativity. It, it just... Yeah. It, it's not like a... God knows how long it'll take to recover. And she will, but I just kind of feel like we are, we are better than this, aren't we? Yeah, you know? definitely we are. So that's why well, you know, I call on people to... Like, yeah, I've nominated you now, good sir. I'm, I'm in. I'm committed. There's no way I'm not but, doing it after but looking But then it's, those it's eyes. you and your family. It's your friends. You then nominate yep. people to join you on the campaign together. Yep, yep. And then you guys as a team get a rainforest protection counter. Yeah. And then you go and see the rainforest you protect. And then all of a sudden you come back and it's like, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a nice ripple effect. Really, really big ripple effect. Yeah. Really measurable impact. Totally tangible. And yeah. to know that, you know, all of the donations are matched dollar for dollar. Yeah. Look, for me, because I just find it, there's just so much crap going on. This was the one thing I found where we partnered with Rainforest Trust where I went, that's doable. Yep. 
I can visualize it, I can see it, I can you know, understand the buyback, I understand the threatened endangered species, the medicine, the water, the carbon sequential. For me, I went, I can control that. Great Barrier Reef, who the fuck's gonna be able to control that? Yeah, yeah, and give it $400 you. million dollars like the government did, an absolute outrage. What, what, how the, you know what I mean? The only, way they're, anyway? the only way they're going to achieve that is by saying no way to Adani, shutting down the proposal, any further coal-fired coal power stations slash, you know, uh, fracking, uh, and then you know, really trying to, to the reforest point. those basins, man. Like trying to stop the runoff. Yep. So yeah. everything we should be doing, we're doing the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. And I think the only way we're going to get that flip around is for people to seriously, you know. But I mean, we're still living with people who don't believe in climate change. I know. It's like, do you, do, you, are you, do you believe the planet's flat? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I bet people? you they do. <laughs> I bet you they do. And it's like, oh, it's just, yeah. It's, okay, um, so that, that's a nice thing to think about because I had a, that was a question I had for you because you've mm. obviously been engaged with this for so long. Since you, I've you, You've been an activist for your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing you've got a smile on your face right now because this stuff, <laughs> like, oh. you got crow's feet, man. You obviously smile a lot and it's beautiful <laughs> because this stuff can get you down. Like, it's yeah. really easy to think about it too much yep. and just start getting really depressed and yep. feel disenfranchised. And yep. so, like, so is this, is what you're saying, choosing this one avenue has given you that sense of empowerment where, like, it, it makes it makes it easier, makes it more palatable to yeah, I mean, keep going one foot in front of the other. As we know, life is a journey with as many ups and downs, and uh, yeah, with most people, more downs than ups. Mm. Uh, look, I, I I've been fortunate enough to throw myself in the deep end enough to then meet other people, and it, look, it, that's what I will say. Anyone who's not taking a risk. Or throwing themselves into an, a- an area they're not comfortable. You're not living life. Yeah. So like if you've ever been stung by a bee, you haven't lived life. Yeah. Shocking the bee gets the you know, but a wasp. Let's go over what you know. You yeah, haven't I lived get, life. You get you. But I mean, I think where one person, because yeah, look, I've had my downs. I am human and have all those emotions. And it was incredible. Bob Brown, when I interviewed Bob, and Paul Thomas, his partner, who was actually our first man to be our guinea pig to go half cut. Really. And that was to raise funds for the Tarkine. Okay. So the horrendousness that's happening in the Tarkine. And he, he's basically, because I asked the same question, uh, and he basically said, you know, look, Jimmy, you know, depression is, a, is an emotional intelligence. To be depressed and to understand that you are depressed shows a form of high intelligence, that you care about something. And you have an option there to either sit down and roll yourself up and switch off and be angry at the world. Suffer it. And suffer it. Or you can take that on and you know try and step forward and move forward and engage other people and and express your pain in a positive manner yeah and for me that struck a chord where i went yeah well of course because you know i'm not the only one hurting Mm. i'm sure you're hurting Mm -hmm. i'm sure whoever listens to this they would all feel that at some stage and we should be hurting if you're not hurting shit there is something you're not focusing yeah Yeah, you haven't been paying attention man yeah you're not paying attention and and look you know they always carry on say oh ignorance is bliss and it's like I disagree. I feel they're missing out. Yeah. I feel they're missing out on such a pivotal time in history where we could potentially be the species that just, we're gone, we wipe ourselves all out, or we'll be the ones that, hey, we got it right. We showed the world a movie, man. We walked right up to the edge, (laughs) and then we walked on back, (laughs) and you were on the edge of your seat the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think it's exciting times. Yeah. I really think, you know, like, as I said, yeah, sure, I have my moments where I get up and the first thing I see is all the, you know, the, the articles you know, on climate change, global warming, deforestation, 
palm oil, you know, they're my things that I, you know, I get straight away. Yeah. And you have your moments, but you know, it's, um, it's, yeah, look, I always sort of think, God, I hope, I wish we were wrong. Yeah. But stats yeah. don't lie. You know, maps don't lie. Satellites don't lie. Some Images politicians do. <laughs> That's yeah. But choose your data. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, um, I think find something that you genuinely get you ticked up and fired up and angry about yeah, and, and depressed about. Redirect it. It's motivation. Yeah, and then find people who are doing it. But, you know, not to say, like, everyone's got a different group or organisation that fit, you know, fits their need or their niche. And um, that's why with us, that's why we're just a fundraiser. Yeah. We're not, I'm not an expert. Yeah. I'm just a passionate enthusiast for the planet. Yeah, you're also not like flogging merch and trying to line your pockets in, no in the meantime. No, that's I mean, not what it's about. No, 100% of the donation goes to Rainforest Trust. We're all unpaid passion volunteers. Yeah. So that's where, for our model, we decided to be a community organizing group. So we just empower people to go, hey, Frick, I'd love to do this. I'll do the half cut event at here. And we're like, great. We goes on the a Google map to show who's doing half cut where and sweet and actually I'll say I'm pretty pumped about this um, we've just got a whole bunch of breweries behind our campaign nice so save the rainforest save the beers so we've called it yeah I saw that on your socials yeah no no water no beer yeah no yeah well yeah well, no rainforest no water no beer yeah, yeah no life yeah no so life. Um, <laughs> yeah for Australian blokes no life well this is the thing when I've been in the pubs and I've made that comment they're like what? Made, what 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 <laughs> it's like Mate, how do I donate? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, this is a funny thing about humans. We've, you know, everyone's busy and just, you know, set up in their ways. We've almost got to hit them in the heart where it hurts. Yep. So the angle there is to target beer because really the three main ingredients, you know, um, hops, barley and water, they're hugely at risk right now. Mm -hmm. we, we, I speak to brewers all the time and say, yeah, it's costing us more and we get pretty shitty stuff now and mm -hmm. the climate's changing so drastically because it needs to be grown in temperate area. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is something where, you know, imagine you know, we eight, beer, eight bucks for a beer, it becomes 24 bucks for a beer. Yeah. Or 50 bucks. Yeah. Or you just can't get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Forest Pulse, that's the other tie-in, so the month of August. Yeah. So these are for people who haven't decided to grow. And look, I will say this, we have ladies who, it's just not about the blokes. We've got ladies who are braiding half their hair on August 31st, or they might do an undercut or a side cut. So Natalie Isaacs. How come they don't have to shave it? They can. <laughs> But we did a bit of research and apparently longer hair for women is a bigger deal, so it's cool, totally. Sounds sexist to me, dude. I'm sick of being marginalised <laughs> as a bloke in situations like this. Sure, sure. You. Yeah, well, I mean, we, 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 do, we do get... We've had some incredible women. We've gone, no, I'm in. This is fantastic. Yeah, so, cool. And then, look, that's the thing. It's Regardless, male, female or a kid or whatever, we can grow it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we've lost this permanent, you know, pristine rainforest, remnant rainforest, it never comes back. Mm. And... Um, so I guess that's the thing we're saying, hey, you take the lead with this. You grab this and you make it your campaign um, because really the only winner out of this is really a threatened endangered species, climate, humanity. Um, but if you then don't want to do any of those, go and get one of our Forest Pulse Karma kegs, which at the moment it's more Sydney-based, yep. but from little things, big things grow. We're hoping to have a, you know, a whole bunch of uh, publicans and breweries supporting the campaign. So we're up to about 12 at the moment. So Forest Pulse being, you get that keg of beer and the proceeds go towards conservation? Yeah, uh, all the proceeds from the Karma keg come to Rainforest Trust. Awesome. What yeah. brewers you got on board? So we've got Sauce, Young Henry's, uh, Four Pines, uh, Batch, Grifter, Dude, no, these are good beers. Oh, yeah, totally. Hell yeah. Mate, that's what I'm saying. So people then, and then it's again, it's the awareness and education. We're still doing awareness and education. Yeah. 
where you know they would then read and go, oh, what? Hang on, I've just saved three point two acres of rainforest from drinking this. Yeah, should I drink another one? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. We're not endorsing people. <laughs> yeah, we're about to yeah, say. the half cut. That's where we got in trouble. People <laughs> we like, oh, half cut. But no, 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 half cut. But all saving rainforest. Why don't people getting pissed? Oh, uh, look, mate, I'm saving the planet. Another pint. <laughs> that's, well, like, each their own. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, It'll be yeah. It's it's interesting times with that as well. And um, again, like you know, gosh, here we are. We shouldn't probably have to be doing this, but it makes it fun. Yeah. It brings on interest, like you know, interesting people, people who are coming to us and going, "I'm going to do this," and we're like, "Great, do it." Yep. So that's the whole community organising. We we we're uh, a disorganisation of an organisation. Cool. Which basically means anyone who wants to slot in and do their piece, we're open for it, as long as it's raising funds to protect rainforest. Yeah. You're basically achieving community activity sans bullshit. Okay? <laughs> sans the things that stand in the way and bureaucratise and impede actual progress and actual things happening. It shouldn't be too hard. Eh? No. It should just be as exactly as simple as you're saying. People who want to be involved, putting their hand up and just getting involved. Totally. So if... Um yeah, it'll be exciting to see how this year's campaign goes. Yeah, man. And we've got awesome. some pretty cool ambassadors like Natalie Isaac, she's doing half her hair. Paul West, celebrity chef, he's going half cut. Matt Wilkinson, the celebrity chef's going half cut. Uh, Wombat from the Block Sustainability, yep. dude, he's yep. doing it. Um, oh, you know, sweet. So we, we've got some nice people who are stepping up because they get this. Yep. You know, they've got family, they've got kids, they're genuinely like, yeah, shit, what, what planet are we you know, heading towards right now? Yeah, yeah. What and, do I want um, to leave behind? Yeah, and it's. I think, um, look, you know, it just shows, like, you know, we can do it. The, the if we get the masses involved, we we got a real crack at this. Yep. But if everyone's still being offensive, I mean, you know, offensive, boring, boring, not growing. You know, missing you know, an you're opportunity. Just, you're missing it, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, at the same time, don't go the extreme right inside, and you know, look. Uh, well, speaking of that, that was pretty much the only one formal question that I thought of on the way here that I thought you'd be a good person to ask. Mm. What, are people, what can people avoid buying that have palm oil cleverly disguised in their ingredients? So, yeah, I mean, look, the, there's about 38 different names they can use of palm oil. Um, in including, like, just nondescript hydrogenated vegetable oil, right? Like, that can just be, that could be palm oil. Yeah, correct. And look, there, um, there's a great uh, group called Palm Oil Free that actually <coughs> lists all the products from food to shampoos to bread to spreads to you know uh, products and fuels in your um, car like your um, it's used for so Every, much stuff yeah what I will say about this is yes palm oil you know you know the using palm oil um, you know that is responsible it's, it does have its place but at the same time when you've got you know massive corporations like Montezel International which pretty much are run by Cabri mm -hmm. Uh, sorry, it's a Cadbury as a as a subsidiary, the lower sister, you know, brother. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not a parent one, but I mean, the the level of uh, deforestation for palm oil that they couldn't account for, they still haven't reported, which basically has said, well, yeah, well, you've destroyed. It's because we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, and look, and this is where it comes down to an eating issue. Mm. I mean, uh, we really need to backscale. Like, you know, palm oil as a, a vegetable oil is probably the, it is a cheap economic way to do things. But then to go in, I mean, I'm not saying go and eat palm oil. No way, you know, I refuse. Well, that's the other thing. It's, it's terrible for your health. It's got zero nutritional benefit. Yeah. Aside from being like but a really short-chain yeah. fatty acid that'll make you feel temporarily full yeah. and silky on your tongue and whatever. Yeah. There's not a lot of benefit from consuming no. it as opposed to like... 
Well, I mean, to think shockingly, you know, like what they reckon in another 10 years we're going to have orangutans extinct. It's mm. been called 10 years. Really? Extinction of orangutans. Uh, I mean, and as we were saying back to before, where is the outrage? But there's people are just so snowed under with so much going on. And look at the time, I think it's just that I, I fear in a way things are going more towards nihilism. The more people I talk to now go, oh yeah, I know we're fucked. It's like, okay, but what are you doing about it? Ah, oh, nah, just, you know, we'll, it won't happen. And it's like... Just going to sit back and burn, dude. Crack another frothy and watch. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that for me is where I just kind of go, really? Yeah, the level of apathy. Like, it's, it's this whole Oof. idea of, oh, no, nah, man, I'm only living for today, eh? And you kind of go, well, is that, is that, is that just a, an utter sign of how failed of system collapse as a society, government, you know, global? Is that where we've gotten to now? Mm. Um, you know, uh, you know. Can, I think it's just, it's a fear-based reaction. Contending with the fear is to, it's such a massive thing. And so to admit that it's real is mm. to admit that you need to revolutionize your life. Yeah. Like not just change a few habits, but turn things upside down. Yeah. And that's too scary and too inconvenient for yeah. like so many people. Totally. I mean, look, you know, uh, cowspiracy, like I was already on the path of, you know, more so veganism slash vegetarianism and it was like yeah you can't be an environmentalist if you're if you're not a vegan and look i, and I you know i know we've talked about honey but i will say this about the you know, we chatted about it without one of our mightiest free pollinators on the planet you know we won't be having fruit even then as a vegan and my philosophy behind being a vegan which is not doing any forms of meat or dairy but doing bugs I like it. This slash. is the first time hearing of it. The yeah. vegan comes out off the vegan, tongue really yeah, nice. Vegan, yeah, But it's because I am an ethical beekeeper. I'm not saying you know, I'm perfect. I'm not saying that, yes, of course, there is deaths. But at the same time, I know I'm providing them with a five-star resort, yeah. which is habitat. Yeah. You know, I manage them to, you know, to keep them as healthy as possible. I don't rob them till they're starving. And I don't talking feed about them sugar yep. as a reserve. I leave their stores. You know, it's, it's you know, um, so look, I, I guess I'm going that note, like, it's, you know, I know there'd be be uh, vegans listening to this going, nah, this guy's a, he's a hack. But it's like, well, no, I mean, like, if we really were to have a chance at this as well, to feed the population we have right now, and this is the thing, this is the biggest issue, everyone's going, how are we going to feed the population? It really comes back down to then, yeah, we, you know, insect matter is a, a way forward. It's got a huge, a long way to go. Um, but, you know, look, um, I'm not a vegan. I was for <coughs> 18 months, pretty strict. Yep. Off the back of cowspiracy overnight, like yeah. the day before I was eating bacon egg roll, tub of chobani, flat white, whatever. <laughs> and next day I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't eat anything. This what do I do? Everything. Totally, man. I, like, I dropped yeah. like 15 kilos in like a fortnight yeah, and just well, changed yeah. a lot of things, but then yeah. settled into it. I'm not vegan anymore because like if I'm sitting at a table there's two situations that I just can't accept. If I'm sitting at a table and someone's prepared me a meal, mm. socially, too rude for me. Like, I just can't, mm. like, if someone's made me a special occasion... And there's the whole waste not, want not, if it's there. Well, that's the other thing is, like, there. if I'm sitting at a group of, with a group of people at a, I don't know, cafe or restaurant or something, and then there's food left, and I know that the next place it's going to be is the bin, mm. even though I can't, I can't understand the processes by which it was produced <coughs> to begin with, there's no way I'm going to reconcile that being yep. a waste of time completely. Totally. And, and it just, yeah... Yep. there's a real idealism that comes with the vegan culture as well that I just didn't I felt like I couldn't really um, mm. I couldn't do it I couldn't like yeah you look and you know, uh, don't get me wrong I've had moments and times where I'm like look I'm giving up the whole engagement with you know the bee practice as well 
Um, and insane. Look, I've got native bee hives that I don't even touch. Yeah, right. They're just there as pure pollinators. And um, yeah, look, you know, it's it's so easy for people to point the finger and judge and criticise. But then I always turn around and go, oh, well, have you saved 480,000 acres of rainforest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have you raised over a hundred or $216,000 for rainforest protection? Yeah. And that's not trying to be a, a, a turd of a pr- or a prick. No, it's just it's being like, aware of the ledges in your head. Like, you know it. what you've done. T- I know what I, where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. I yeah. know where my vision and goal of this is. I want to make sure by, you know, 2024, we've protected 50 million acres of rainforest. Yeah. So we're currently at the 20 million acres with Rainforest Trust. But, um... On the slap side of that, because I'm good at doing this, you see, left and right, left <laughs> yeah, and right. Yep. As you'll notice, the, the left side's the Yeah, the it's two different side. people right in front of you right now. <laughs> this is Jimmy, this is James. <laughs> yeah. So uh, James will then say, um, you know, to think that we lose the size of Panama every year wow. of uh, forest globally. The size wow. of Panama. So um, that's, is that accounting for the reforestation efforts as well? Is that a net result? Or is that what we've lost, but with efforts like yours where we might be adding... Yeah, look, with us, yeah, yes and no. I mean, we're just not, we, we're just not even competing. It's mm. David and Goliath, well mm. and truly. Um, it's estimated 180,000 acres is lost every single day. Yeah. But wow. um, 90,000 of that is uh, forestry, and the 90%, uh, the other 90,000 acres is uh, old growth. Uh, and that's just, that's every day. Yeah. Every second. Yeah. Uh, we're losing football field and a half, like, you know. That's there's where There's another one. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. There's another one. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, let's get people freaking activated, eh? Let's get them going half cut. That's what it is. Be it's a disruptor. An a- it's an activation and it comes from the disruption. It's my favourite word you've said over the last... 55 minutes is disrupting <laughs> is disrupting like it'll be a disruptor that's what it is it's just breaking people's habitual Everyday processes yep. and making them think twice about something they haven't thought about for 30 years yep or even i've never thought about or have never thought about yep. exactly like the amount of people that have got us on instagram going what I had no idea yeah. and by the way i'm not a big fan of all the instagram stuff and well, necessary evil, I, I kind of get gotta it. do it pretty crap at it by the way but you know it's um Look, it's just one of these things where it's really interesting how many people are want are hungry to mm. be, edu- you know, for mm. further information. Yep. And that's why everything I get is always United Nations or, you know, uh, peer-reviewed articles. You know, um, that basically, you know, these are the greatest minds in their field. They're just not making up. You know, this is what they're paid to do. Yeah. If you're someone you who's know? saying ignorance is bliss, it means you're intentionally putting your head in the sand because totally. all the information's right there. It's at totally. the, it's at your fingertips. Totally with a computer that's more powerful than the desktop computer you had 10 years ago and it lives in your pocket and you yep. can just be on the bus and look up a peer-reviewed paper from the UN. That's right, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. So to like to not do that or to, to wonder something and then resolve that you don't need to know the answer to it, it is cop so out. willful. It's yeah, such yeah. a cop-out. Cop that's out. not Australian, man. No. I don't buy it. Yeah. Mate, it's been a bloody pleasure. Hasn't it? Thanks for the chat, yeah, dude. No this worries, is um, really exciting. I'm really, really nervous about my beard but um anyway we'll cross that bridge when we come to oh, it yeah, totally man look we'll you see. Know, don't do it by yourself you know the blokes doing it it has this then, weird um, thing like mine comes has like a bit of a pharaoh effect off the chin like the chin gets longer than everywhere else <laughs> i love it yeah we'll see i've never yeah. really well, let look, it grow long enough it, to you, actually see what you happens you don't have to be like wild you can do you can shape it yeah you look like a man who could spend another hour talking about how to care for a luscious <laughs> beard because <laughs> yeah. half of your face well, is I've got a bit of dieback going in there now i've got a bit of a habitat dieback it's what's all, dieback so what a bit of mean? a tree dieback where the trees have died yeah yeah so it's good, yeah but what on your face there. i can't oh yeah, whites. Yeah, the whites yeah. it's wisdom dude it's great it suits you it matches your voice mate love it all right let's sign off beautiful mate 
Oh man, how good is Jimmy Halfcut? What a session. I really enjoyed that conversation. And I'll tell you something that might not have been obvious. I was drinking tea that had honey in it from bees that belonged to Jimmy. Belonged to Jimmy or he looks after their hive. He's their apiarist. I don't know what the relationship is there, but it feels weird to say that he owns them because the bees could just bounce anytime they wanted and he couldn't really do much about it. But they hang out a lot together because obviously he does a good job at it and his honey is absolutely delicious. And thank you very much for listening to this conversation. If you liked it, obviously, please share it. Tell people about it. Let us know what you thought about it in the comments. Tag your mates. And keep a sharp ear out for our next episode with powerhouse behind one million women, Nat Isaacs. It was one of the best conversations I've ever had. I loved it. Look out for that coming soon. I'll talk to you then. Peace and love.